MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, it is the Lombardi Line, proudly presented by BetMGM. Remember, if you're in town here, bring your state-issued ID to any MGM property. You're ready to bet within minutes. And if you have a gambling problem, it's 1-800-522-4700. Okay, we settle down and we settle in for the last hour of the show. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. Michael Lombardi, you can see him. That Hey, you know it's divisional weekend yeah. when you got the scarf on, bro. When you when you it's come cold. with, when hey, you come it's with cold. the scarf, we know it's divisional weekend. Well, it was weekend. cold. I mean, literally, it's cold. I wore a jacket here. You know, I mean, on weekends, I don't wear the sweater because I can go to work. I wear a sweater because it's cold. So I, I kind of violate this the jacket policy. But here, I got to wear a jacket. So <laughs> I got to keep cold. I mean, I, you know, you get older, your blood thins. I think there's no doubt. <laughs> no, it's cold. Patrick, the, it was cold this morning. I was going to say, I mean, how I, is I it there? Ja- I know Jick Jack thinks that under 50 is cold, but I mean, like, wow, it was like, I think it was like 18 when I got in the car this morning. It, it took me a long time to get that thing warmed up, too. It was like, okay, I'm coming, but she's, this is, this is tough. It's going to be. We live co- in the Garden State. Yeah. You know, it's per- you know what to expect. You know? It's going to be cold in Tennessee. It shouldn't really have an impact on the game. Yeah. It's going to be cold in Green Bay. The wet, the wind's not going to be. Crazy, so it shouldn't have an impact. Let's take a quick peek to tomorrow. We're going to have plenty of coverage here on the yeah. Lombardi line on Vista tomorrow. But quickly, the Rams in Tampa Bay, you could still find a three if you want to bet the Rams. You can find a two and a half if you want to bet the Bucks. Michael. Open three. Most books at two and a half, but there's still some threes hanging out there as well. Yeah, we are at two and a half here at the Borgata. We're at two and a half and 47 and a half here at the Borgata. So, you know, we're seeing that line move towards the Rams. And I think when you look at the game and you go back and watch the game in week three, the Rams dominated. I mean, they were controlling the game up front. And like I said earlier, what surprised me most about that game was the inability of the Bucks' defensive front to take over the game against a very bad offensive line of the Rams. And they did a great job of blocking this Buck team who had Vita Vey and had Sue. Now, they didn't have Jason Pierre-Paul, but they had Shaq Barrett. But they really had handled it. And there were wide-open receivers. And frankly, if Stafford was playing better in that game, he would have had three huge touchdown passes to Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson. And he missed them twice. You know, and they go into halftime up 14-7. Up to 7. The, the Bucks scored late, got that field goal, and then – the Rams got the ball to start the second half, and it's 21-7, to and off to the races. They started exchanging scores, and the Bucks could never get back in it. And for the Bucks, 
you know, you got to say to yourself, look, we, we didn't have, Fournette gets hurt in the first quarter, Gronk gets hurt in the second quarter, and Brady's our leading rusher. Like, we can't have that. We're going to have to run the ball, and we're going to have to keep, you know, Brady from having to, to, to get teed off on by those inside rushers, particularly Donald. So it's a matchup that, you know, I, even last year down there with Goff on the Monday night game, remember, they moved the ball on Bowles' defense Absolutely. surprisingly well. And, and that's what always lurks in my mind here. Do you expect the commitment to the run to continue for the Rams? Akers, obviously, Sony, Michelle, we saw that against the Cardinals. There's a better run defense in the Bucks here. No doubt. And I think they have to. Look, they know this. Without Whitworth at left tackle, they're concerned, right? They're going to have to be in left-handed formations. They're going to have to chip. You know, Higby's going to have to, you know, help out a little bit before he gets into the route because we know this. They can rush. Pierre Paul can rush. Shaq Barrett can rush. The front's got to play much better. And I'm sure that's been Todd Bowles' main conversation all week long is, look, we got to get more out of our defensive front. We've got to be able to pressure Stafford into making mistakes. If we don't do that, he's going to have too much time in the pocket and we're going to get toasted down the field. So I, I expect that, and I expect them to take advantage. They have to. That's the area of weakness for the Rams. They've got to run the football to, just to keep the game balanced. Even if they're not successful running it in terms of yards per carry, they've got to be able to keep the game from getting away from them and letting the Bucks tee off on them. And we'll delve into this matchup tomorrow. I will say week three, the Rams, they were clean, Michael. One penalty, 10 of 15 on third downs. Yeah. That's about as clean as a McVay team has played this year. Yeah, and, and, you know, when you look watch the tape again, their execution wasn't as clean. Like I said, Stafford missed Jackson twice. Now, Jackson's not going to play, and so it's a different game, but there was a lot of wide-open receivers so in that could have game. So it could have been worse for the Bucs. It could have been a lot. I mean, the, even though the score wasn't close, it could have been even worse. Wow. And I think that that's got to be problematic to Bowles. Bowles has got it. Look, one thing we do know about the Tampa Bay secondary, you can attack them. And Bowles knows it, too. So he's got to rely on the pressure. And once again, without the left tackle Whitworth, that becomes a real issue. Late game tomorrow, we wondered when the books opened this two and a half with Kansas City laying it, Buffalo coming to town. We wondered, would we get to three? No, we went the other way. It's now one and a half with the Chiefs laying at the Bills in town. Yeah, and you know, look, when this game was in week three of the season, it was two and a half, and, and the, the, it was a two and a half point. And, and we know Kansas City wasn't playing very well. And we saw, and I think both coaches have indicated, as they all have, as the rematch, this is a different Kansas City defense, and it's a much different Buffalo offense now. After the win game with the Patriots, they've changed not what they do offensively, they just committed more to Josh Allen being the focal point of the offense. Josh Allen is the running back. Josh Allen is the quarterback. It's it, it, it doesn't look like the single wing, but at the end of the day, he's controlling everything. And they're no longer fearful to allow him to start running with the football. Even though Singletary's run the ball a little bit better, they're still going to have to. He needs to carry the mail for them. And against a chief team that wants to play bump and run man to man, that can be a real successful play. In the NBA, we use usage rate. Well, Josh Allen's usage rate is off the charts. When he plays well, the Bills win. When he doesn't, they lose. It's that simple. No doubt it is. And, you know, and he can lose the strike zone at times. I mean, we've seen it. You know, and if you go back and watch the Jet tape, I mean, it's a 13 to 10 game and the Jets can't do anything offensively. And then he scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. The Atlanta game. Right in the cold weather, you know, he didn't play particularly well against Atlanta. Atlanta's got a chance. We saw the Matt Ryan, you know, personal foul penalty because he kind of got mad. And Atlanta got beat by 14 points and, did, you know, and, and they were able to take that game over. But the one thing we do know about the Bills, they have not been good in close games. They have not been good in close games. They either blow you out or they have trouble. 
And I think that's going to be the key. Kansas City, to me, is a more patient offense than they were earlier in the season. And I think there'll be throws that they can make on this Buffalo secondary that they'll feel very comfortable with. You know, we saw this championship game last year. The Bills lost to the Chiefs 38-24. to And you talk about Allen's strike zone. He missed the strike zone last year, specifically in the second half. He was 28-48 of 48 in that game. It was an uneven performance. And, and the reason I bring it up is because he just pitched a perfect game against the Patriots. Yeah, no doubt. And, and I think, look, in that game, you know, there was Singletary's early in the game, Singletary's wide open over by their bench. Yes. And he puts it right on Singletary and Singletary drops it. Singletary's going to run to the one yard line. I mean, and, and you can't have long foul balls when you play in the Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs were different offensively in this game. I mean, Kelsey had 13 catches the last time they played when when they were going good. He And, and Hill had nine. I mean, they got 22 catches out of their two-star players, and when they do that, they're hard to play, right? And Hill averaged almost 20 yards a catch in the game. Now, that was the playoff game. That's what we're going to see more of, and it's going to be interesting to see. Remember, McDermott was the defense coordinator for Andy Reid in Philly. He fired him. He replaced him with Juan Castillo, his offensive line coach. How strange is that, right? That didn't last more than a year. It actually lasted a half a year. But, you know, there is a, a kind of an understanding between the two gentlemen. I mean, McDermott knows what Reed wants to do, and Reed knows how McDermott thinks. So I think you'll see the adjustments in that game. But Buffalo's not going to change who they are. They're going to be in an overfront. They're going to play their coverages. And Kansas City's going to have a really good read on it. And just a note, he did run for 88 yards, Allen, in that matchup last year in the AFC Championship game. He's going to need to run again. Uh, again, this is a Bills team coming off one of the great offensive performance we've, performances we've seen in 100 years of the league will it carry over to the Chiefs the Chiefs defense playing better than the Patriot defense that's for sure right now well they're way faster than the Patriots defense and their linebackers can cover in space and they can get and they can get them on the ground but it's a problem to get this big fellow on the ground I mean the referees give him a long whistle in the pocket and if you don't do a good job of coordinating your pass rush and really covering up he's going to take off and run because you're going to play man-to-man I mean, the Chiefs want to play bumper run man-to-man. Spagnuolo's going to have to mix in some zone here and keep all eyes on the quarterback because if he turns his back to this guy, he's going to take off and run. And I don't care on any blackboard you have a guy spying him. You can spy him. The Patriots had a guy spying him. They didn't even get it. They wouldn't even have gotten him. It would have, in two-hand touch, they wouldn't have been able to stop it. So for me, I just think it's up. And, and the one thing I think Dayball's done a good job of is saying, okay, you know, we're going to run the ball a little bit more, but we're going to run the ball with our best running back. And our best running back is Josh Allen. The biggest total of the weekend is the late game tomorrow night, Buffalo, Kansas City. Just get a your first I like the here. over. I was going to say it's I mean, jumped up to 54 and a half. I think it's going to be a back and forth. I think it's going to come down to the fourth quarter. I don't think any lead's safe against either team. I think both teams can strike. I think both teams can make plays. And I think both teams don't care about a track meet. And again, I'm going to say, I mean, I think when you get a close game, Buffalo has struggled in a close game. They have. And they're riding a real high. And they played really well against the Patriots, offensively and defensively. But I do think the Chiefs, it's hard, it's hard to beat a team in their own stadium twice in one year. It really is. It really is. Now, they've gone in there and won with crowd noise. So they know it. You know, they know they can do it. So there's a sense of confidence. But they're going to have to play their best. There's no doubt. And Kansas City's going to have to play. Mahomes can't turn this ball over. He can't give you the no-look pass and try to nonchalant it like he did in the first half of the Pittsburgh game. Weather is going to be perfect, essentially. It's going to be a little chilly. doesn't matter. Question, is Tyreek Hill 100%? We're going to find out. He's got to be. It looked like he was last week. I don't think that, that heel bothered him at all last week watching him run around. And, he, look, he, aver- he got 19 yards of catch. He had nine catches for 172 when they played him. 
you got to take is him that, out of the game. Is that good? I don't, is that, that, sounds... good? that was last year, though, in the play in the championship game. You know, and this was the game that Eric Fisher got hurt in, which ultimately was one of the reasons why the, the, the Bucks were able to win that Super Bowl because this is where they lost. In the second half of this game, that's where they lost Eric Fisher. And when you go back and look at this game, and you see it. I mean, Kansas City scored 17 points in the second half, which was able to, you know, they turned around and won 38-24. But that's going to be critical, is you've got to keep scoring. These two teams are going to keep having a score because I don't think any lead's safe. Quick, uh, first blush on that total in the early game. Rams, Tampa Bay, open 48-and-a-half. The total's come down to 47-and-a-half. I think it's going to be an underplay. I think they got to pace the game. Both teams have to. Okay. Odds on host Mike Palm is going to join us next right here. It's divisional weekend. It's the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the sports betting network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, we told you about Jeff Siegel's picks earlier. That's Express Bet First Bet right now. Sign up, ten bucks instantly, you get up to a thousand dollar bonus. You have to use the promo code Vegas One Thousand. VSEN.com/slash/horses. It's VSEN.com/slash/horses. Okay. It is a divisional weekend as we welcome you back. Hope you're having a nice weekend as it gets started here. Michael Lombardi there at the Borgata. We got a surprise for you, Michael. He was supposed to be on the phone, but look who is to my right, your left on TV there. Mike Palm. It's been so long. It's been so long. It's welcome, Mike Palm. It's so good to have you. Michael, it's been a year. It's been a year since I've been on this program. Uh, Look, your, your friend and my dear friend, Thomas Gable, from the Borgata, the sports book director. He wrote me a beautiful letter. He reached out. He says, is there any way you can come back on the show, maybe for the playoffs? The show needs you. 
Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> the show has become very, very parochial, very regional. I mean, popular in South Boston with Applebaum and then popular in Mississippi and L.A. And I mean, lower Alabama with Jickety Jackety, you know, so but they, they yeah. need more of a national appeal, Michael. I, I, I know that's exactly right. Thomas Gable came and said, hey, we got to get Mr. Palm on the show more. We need it back. He's your biggest supporter. We love it. Plus, you know, we had Amal on and, you know, Amal is like, you know, Amal's like the boat that goes through the wake zone. Once he's through it, you're dealing with the waves, right? You know, you got he, he goes through it at 100 miles an hour. We dealt with it, didn't we, Patrick? We handled it, right? Uh, well, there was, it was tense. Did you hear of the confrontation with Amal Shaw and Michael it Lombardi? Was, what was this about? It was good. I about it. Belichick Brady again? It was about Jimmy Garoppolo. No. Oh, oh. You know, Maul's the Penny Hardaway of Easton. I mean, he 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 tells it like it is. He's got to be censored. He has a lot of what I call misdirected passion. Uh, every day yeah. he's mad at somebody. I mean, I, I asked him a question. He starts screaming about Dennis Dodds the other day. I, I don't know where he's going. He's got this. I mean, it just bothers him. The payroll structure of coaches and, and TV announcers. It just it, it, it just it annoys him to no end. Well, he should go do one of those jobs then. Go go be a football coach or be a real Vison host. And we should note, Odds On is hosted by Mike Palm and Amal Shaw directly after Monday through Friday. Uh, the Lombardi line every single day. I have to tell you, our high rate, I mean, our ratings are unbelievable, but that's because we have you as a lead in. I think we're kind of like the different world of Easton, right? Yes. And many people have co yeah. compared them all to Kadeem Hardison. <laughs> <laughs> Tall, dark, and delusional. <laughs> love it. I and, love it. and a congratulations quickly here to Mike Palm and the family. Got a kid on the way coming up here in a couple of weeks, Michael Lombardi. Congratulations, Mikey. I saw that. That's awesome. Yeah, we Good have luck. A, no, no more sleep for you. No, we have a date certain now. They're going to induce her on Monday, February 7th at 10 p.m. She was due the day after Super Bowl. We, I said, we can't roll the dice here. We got to get it done a few days ahead of the Super Bowl so that I can focus on what's really important. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that, that sounds that's unbelievable. Um, okay, you see you got the Circa gear on. Mm. Uh, Circa sitting for Cincinnati, Tennessee. Let's start there. Your thoughts on this matchup. Look, there's an interesting trend here and I think if you can find this number it's worth a play you're gonna have to lay some juice first quarter under 10 in the last eight road games the Bengals have gone under 10 in the first quarter all eight times in their last nine home games the Titans 7 1 and 1 to an under 10 in the first quarter both these teams are deliberate Michael especially Cincinnati and snapping yep. the ball they snap the ball under five over 80% of the time on, the, on a running play clock with a running game clock here. I think both teams will be conservative here. And no one's talking about the weather, but it's, it's going to be 33 gonna degrees be at kickoff. Yeah, we got a Chuck Gatica cuddle alert there in Nashville this morning. So, I mean, it's going to be a little bit cold as well. I think this game will be pretty conservative. I'm surprised, you know, some of these, some places still sitting at three and a half, which is surprising to me because I haven't heard a lot of Bengals support. I think the Titans match up pretty well here, Michael. They get the week so of rest. They earned the, the one seed. And, I, you know, we as bettors have a recency bias of betting these teams that won on wildcard weekend into divisional weekend. And I think sometimes that's baked into the number that, you know, this bias is. And I, I think at three and a half or four, the Titans are the play. I do, too, and I was surprised it didn't just keep going a little bit. I thought this number would be at four in the middle of the week and then start because I think when you study the teams and do the matchups, and I don't want to be disrespectful to the Bengals. I mean, I know they're five and three on the road, but, you know, they beat a bad Baltimore team, a bad Pittsburgh. I mean, they're not coming from the north that we remember the north as a great division, right? And so 
you know, they won in Detroit. I mean, where they won in Las Vegas. They won in Denver. I mean, I haven't seen them go on the road and play some. This is going to be an upgrade to me in the level and how serious it is. Plus, I think the, the Titans are really comfortable playing in close games. I think the Titans are really comfortable playing in these kind of games because that's typically what their season was. You know, they won the game in Denver because Denver mismanaged the last minute of the first half and instead of getting three in their favor, ended up not scoring and getting Cincinnati a, yep. a, a field goal. Let me ask you this, Michael. My opinion is of, of, of the eight remaining coaches and really of the 14 that made the playoffs, the guy you trust the most in managing a game, managing the clock, situational play, is Mike Vrabel. No doubt. I do, too. I think he's outstanding. And I think his team and, and I think this is where people get confused a little bit about how good the Titans are, because they look at their yards and they look at all these other numbers. But when you focus on what matters to winning football games is, you know, third down conversions, third downs in the red zone, red zone offense, red zone defense. This is a really good team in those areas. They're strong in situational football and he manages the game correctly. What he can't do and this is where he's lost games this year, is when he turns the ball over at a rapid rate because of the offensive line or because Tannehill makes a mistake or Foreman, who's prone to fumble, then that's where they get in trouble. They're minus three in turnover takeaways, and they're a team that really doesn't turn the ball over that much because they don't create as many turnovers. If you cap Vrabel at the top, who's at the bottom? Well, McCarthy is not even close. There's a bigger gap at the bottom, and we saw it, it raise its ugly head in the game against the 49ers. Yeah. Of the and, remaining, you know, of the remaining, uh, remaining coaches. How about that? That's a tough call, right? Because they're competent. You could argue, you know, Andy Reid is not great at clock yeah. management. I mean, I, I don't mean to be sacrilegious, but he has we, struggled. Well, he, what he does, he gets the ball in the red zone at the end of the half, and he doesn't make sure he has the last score. He always lets the other team go down and get a score to equalize them. I, I don't get that. McVay's the same way, Mike. I mean, McVay does it all the time. It cost him in the Rams game. I mean, it cost him in the 49er game. He gives up that cheap three points at the end of the half in the 49er game, and that comes back to bite him. I mean, he, they don't, he's not, to me, I don't see him as a great game manager. I think he's a tremendous play caller. I think there's no doubt about that. But in terms of protecting his team, I don't see that, especially at the end of in the middle eight. Circus sitting Green Bay 5, Mike Palm, yeah. is that the right number for you? Well, look, we, we do, Amal and I on our show, The Nuts, or some call it Odds On, we've revolutionized Visa, and we do this segment where Amal guesses the lines of the games. Yeah. And maybe this will take off with other shows. That brand new. Brand new. Brand new. <laughs> very innovative. But I actually believe Amal That's doesn't. a good idea. I actually believe Amal doesn't know the lines. <laughs> the other one, I'm not sure. But he, he guessed this line three and a half, Michael. And, you know, it's probably without the injury concerns, but I think that's more like the real number. Here's my question, and I'll ask you because you're a better talent evaluator than most on this network outside of the pro football focused or the seismologist. <laughs> I, I, I'll ask you this. On Christmas Day, it took four Baker Mayfield interceptions for Green Bay to hang on and win. Yep. Now tell me this. Who would you rather have? I'm going to give you three categories. Would you rather have Baker or Jimmy G? Oh, I'd rather have Jimmy G. Okay. Um, I'll don't listen. I'd much yeah, rather have yeah. Jimmy G. Would you rather have the, uh, the, the Cleveland running game or would you rather have the 49er running game? The 49er running game. Would you rather have the Cleveland defense or the 49er defense? Not even close. 49er defense. Not even close. You could argue that the first two categories, there isn't much difference, right? But clearly the 49er defense is better. Why is there? There's no reason that the 49ers can't go in there and keep this game close. Green Bay doesn't blow the doors off of anybody except the Vikings who didn't have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Right, and they also let you back in the game. I mean, they, 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 they don't put the game. I mean, they went into Baltimore and have a 14-point lead in that game. They're a seven-point favorite in that game, and they let Baltimore come back in. 
They did the they, same thing they, against the Rams when they at home they against did the, the same Rams. Thing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, so they let you come back in the game, and they don't really keep their foot on the gas. I had this as a 3.75 game. I think this is. I think there's the inflated number for the great Aaron Rodgers. I think he's yes. picking up the points, and I think the line is moving back to, towards that. By any metric, the 49ers are a better football team. Yeah. Seriously, it's it's the Rodgers. Uh, it's two minutes. I'm just going to let you play with it. you yeah. got yeah. the weekend laid out for me. Well, how about tomorrow, Michael? And I, I say happy birthday to my, my dear friend and campaign manager, Bill Berman. Uh-huh. But from a, from a political <laughs> or campaign perspective, I think tomorrow's two games, from a betting perspective, are clear referendums on two quarterbacks. Matt Stafford. And Josh Allen. If you believe in Matt Stafford, why wouldn't you take three points with the Rams? If you believe in Josh Allen, you ought to take the Bills on the money line. That's my opinion. I, I couldn't agree more, and I think that that's where the game comes down to because Brady's got a lot of guys out, the injury situation, especially with his offensive line, and we know McVay has done a good job against Todd Bowles, you know, so we know that. And, look, Josh Allen, if he doesn't play good, the Bills can't win. I mean, that's just a fact. He's got to play at an elite level, which is what he's done at times when they've needed him to do that, the second half against Tampa and both New England games. Does Spagmola try to play more zone here? I mean, you can't he turn – He has to, Mike. Yeah. He can't, you can't turn and let this guy run down the field. <laughs> Just, you know, he's going to be the leading ball carrier in the game. Spagmolo is a, that is a great name. Well, I, I mean, they can't. He, this guy will rush for 80 yards if they play man all game. He will rush for 120 in the first half if they do. Then they're going to run him. I mean, they're going to call runs. They're not going to hold back. That's Mike, better always good to have you. Yes. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I like first the, quarter under? Yeah, it is. So you got to lay juice here. I like the Titans in the first game today. Lay Me the too. four? Lay it. Odds on and a new kid on the way. Congratulations, Mike Palm. Thank you, buddy. Thanks, Mike. The pleasure was all mine. Thomas Gable, the aforementioned, is next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, combine them college hoops in the NFL. Big game, big dance. VSEN has a great new offer. It's going to make this year your best betting year. Now, this is a special. It's only 69 bucks, so it's under 70 bucks through April 5th. You get the big game betting guide. You know what that is, the big game NFL. You do the math. College hoops betting guide, daily best bets, 24-7 video access, betting splits, breakdowns on every single game. It's all for under 70 but You cannot beat this deal. It's limited, so go check it out. VEASAN.com slash big deal. It's VEASAN.com slash big deal. Okay, we head out to Atlantic City. Thomas Gable, who runs the race in sportsbooks, is going to join us now. We've got lessons from a bookmaker coming up. I think a very sage example as far as uh, what to do as far as futures and just game to game. That's coming up in just a second. But we say hi to Thomas Gable. Hi, Thomas. Good morning, guys. How's thank you going? for thank you for reminding us to bring Mike Palm back on it. We appreciate it. Yeah, it was a wonderful segment. Nobody told me that he was coming on, yeah, so I, I caught it like maybe the last two yeah, three minutes I, of it. I so. apologize. You That's know, right. we we're uh, we uh, the show's moving rapidly. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> he was on. I'm it, glad it, he was on. It was your idea, he told us, uh, Thomas Cable. So um, <laughs> we will get to the lesson here in a second. Also, a Des Moines pick, which is what seven and two on the year. But quickly, why don't we set up the games today? Cincinnati, Tennessee. You opened. Where you sitting? Do you have liability? So 
Tennessee opened as three and a half point favorites, just went to four oh, uh, here. Oh, so, here. wow. Yep. Uh, and it's mostly Tennessee money uh, coming in here. 64% uh, of the tickets on Tennessee. Uh, some bigger bets coming in on Tennessee. So uh, we we moved to four. Uh, total opened at 46 and a half. It's it's up to 47 and a half. And obviously, you know, people in there seem to be focused on Derrick Henry's return. We know. Uh, it, I doubt that he's going to be carrying the workload that he typically does for, for Tennessee. But uh, the big thing with, with the Titans for me is their defense and how well the defense is played. And uh, we, we know that this Cincinnati offensive line is still uh, problematic at times for, for Burrow. So not a surprise that the public's uh, all over Tennessee here. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that the offensive line, bad, bad lines travel. And I do think now that Tennessee's defense is healthier, I mean, Long's back playing, their corner situation's improved. You know, it, it can be. And, and, and to me, this game really comes down to one thing. Don't give up the big play. Make Cincinnati drive the ball down the field. Make them put together 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives where they have to execute. And their offensive line has to perform at a high level and I think we'll see a lot of false starts. I think they'll be getting back and, and the down and distance, and I think that's going to be a problem for their offensive line. I'm agreeing with you. I, I was surprised all week that Tennessee didn't move to four sooner. And, and today, obviously, you know, the, when the money comes in, we, we see it now as, as, as always the closer to game time the line moves. TG, are you expecting to need a side in that matchup? Hey, we're we're going to need Cincinnati as it stands now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I it, it's funny because we had Tom, we had uh, we had Carl Johnson on, and you know, they're such a regional book that they they're going to need they're going to need Tennessee down there because everybody's yep. an LSU <laughs> fan. Like, you know, like it's like Philadelphia here. Everybody bets them. I'm sure they're betting the, the Bengals in the money line down at with Jick Jack. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Regional. Let's go, San Francisco Green Bay. It opened where you're sitting where, and you're going to need what. So we open uh, Packers four and a half uh, point favorites. Currently five and a half. This game did touch six ever okay. so briefly uh, during the week, but um, back down to five and a half. Almost all the majority of the tickets here on Green Bay. 81% of the ticket count is on Green Bay here, and uh, majority of the money as well. So. The, the Niners here, you know, can they do it again on the road? We know that they're a great road team, but it's going to come down to, again, Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he going to be able to uh, not make a mistake? Listen, they had a great uh – they played a great game there against Dallas. Great game. Yeah. And um, they're, they're going to need to do it again here in Green Bay. And they can't make a mistake. I mean, they have to play perfectly because the, you know the other side isn't going to play perfectly unless they drop the ball, unless, the fum, unless Dylan or, or uh, Aaron Jones fumbles. I mean, you know Rodgers isn't going to give you one. So you've got to be really careful and you've got to protect the football. They can't, they, they can't make a mistake. Their margin for error is so slim. They've got to make it up in the kicking game, and they've got to be able – Jimmy G's got to play really well. I mean, Amal knows this, right? I mean, Does, does Crosby see? worry you, though, for, oh, for Green Bay? Oh, worries the hell out of me. I mean, he made that 51-yarder to beat him the last time, and that worried me then. I, you know, But like Mike Palm was just saying the last – this for some reason, the Packers take their foot off the gas. They really do. And, and, yeah, and at five true. and a half, it seems like a lot of points. Thomas Gable, let's edify. Lessons from a bookmaker. And I love this. So you're going to talk about the difference between a futures play and just the compounding of going money line week to week. Can we talk about maybe you can help the new better out here? Sure. So we, we see a lot of betters uh, coming in and, and 
continuing to bet the futures markets, win the conference, win the Super Bowl. And it's important, especially now at this point, right, in the in the playoffs when there's only eight teams remaining. Uh, so we'll just take the, the Bengals for an example here uh, today. We'll use them as an example. So the price here for them to win the AFC, they're currently uh, – six to one right now to win the AFC. So what needs to happen? They need to win two games, right? They need to win uh, today against Tennessee, and then they're going to need to uh, beat the winner of the Bills Chiefs game. Which would be on the road for them again. Which again would be on the road. So if you bet a hundred dollars here, and uh, Bond has a nice graphic up there. If you bet a hundred dollars on that future bet, it, it Return six to one, so you'll get six hundred dollars and plus your hundred, so you have a seven hundred dollars uh, there at the end of the day. Uh, conversely, if you're just going to bet this on the money line for them to win those two games, and this involves a little bit of math, but if you if you do it, if you bet the the hundred dollars today on the Bengals money line at uh, what price did we use plus there? One plus one sixty. So okay, now you're left with two sixty if they win there. So you're going to roll that over, and this is where. It, this is where I think the newer betters are going to be a little tripped up, but you're going to have to figure out potentially what that money line is going to be in that next game with the Bills and Chiefs. Now, the Bills and Chiefs are very uh, are power rated very, very similar. Right. Um, so they're very close. So for this example, uh, we use plus 225. Uh, there'll be a 225 dog there. So the $260 you would wager on plus 225 for them to win that. And there you see we'll get uh, 845 total return. So you win 745 off your original investment of 100. So it actually behooves you to play those two games individually in the money line rather and, than coming in and bang the conference yeah, future. That, that's a great lesson right there. That it you is. Can actually, you've got to measure the money line, the value of the money line over the futures market. Yep. And I think that, that that's really what you have to do. And so you've got to ask yourself that question before you play the futures. It's not, a, you know, because... Just do a little bit of math. That's exactly. And then plan, plot the course out. Because yeah. you know to win in Tennessee and then to win in Kansas City or to win in Buffalo, that's a hard proposition for Cincinnati. And frankly, I'm surprised those odds are so low in that at 6-1. to one. I mean, I think that would be more of a 10-1, to 12-1. I mean, that's a hard challenge there to win two road games from here on out. And, and, when, and remember, too, always important, we always say this on, on Visa, and shop around because those future prices are going to yeah. certainly vary yeah. book to book depending on uh, where the book's liability lies. Uh, so shop around. Obviously look for the best number there in, when you're doing future prices or game prices all the time. You have to shop around for the best number. I just want to say this. For, great job, Thomas and Stephen Bond. For those visually inclined, let's throw that graphic up some point today at VEASAN Live so you can really study that because – uh, Thomas and our buddy Stephen Bond put a lot of work into that. That's a tremendous yeah. lesson from a bookmaker, that being Thomas Gable. Okay, the Des Moines play. You're 7-2 and two on the year. You're a college hoop specialist. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm going to play it right now as you talk. Let's go. What do you got? All right, so we're going to the, the West Coast Conference today. San Francisco Dons, 13-point uh, favorites against Pepperdine. Um, San Francisco is coming off that loss to number one Gonzaga where they were only trailing by three points at halftime, San Francisco was, but they ended up losing that game 78-62. Uh, Dons are 15-4 overall this season, 2-2 two and two in the conference. Meanwhile, Pepperdine, 6-14 overall, 0-5 in the conference. But uh, what we're going to look at is the total here. Total's 147 and a half. 
San Francisco, they defend a three very, very well. Teams are only shooting 28% uh, from three-point land against them, and Pepperdine is average at best from three. So I think we're going to, uh, this total's a little bit too high, touch too high, so we're going to take the under here of 147 and a half. I like it. I like it. I got 148. I like already bet. 148. Let's go, go under San Fran and Pepperdine. Only, only bet as much as you're willing to win. That's what I. That's the advice. You are going to. Are you going to sleep over the next forty-eight hours, or are you just going to chill there at the Borgata? It's going to be busy. I don't know. We have we have UFC two seventy tonight, which I, from the advance wagering on this card, it, it's pretty incredible because UFC is a late arriving money always um, for for that and. The handle, the advanced handle on this card has been tremendous. I think we're going to probably do top five UFC event of all time here wow. in handle. Um, and then we have uh, Showtime Boxing uh, here live in the event center at Borgata um, this evening. And so, how's the action on that fight? Uh, it's actually been pretty good. They're betting the dog, who's actually trained by uh, Freddie Roach, uh, legendary uh, trainer. He's uh, and actually he's a fighter of Manny Pacquiao. So uh, uh, Gary Williams Jr. He's defending his uh, WBC featherweight championship, but they're they're betting the dog, the the challenger. In that one so wow. well awesome. you're gonna have a lot of residuals back in the last yeah it is you're gonna have a lot of that nfl money kind of hanging around at the borgata to bet on the fights tonight that's what's gonna happen yes Thomas Gabe. yeah well the playoffs run right into the pay-per-view time awesome. so yeah it's that's gonna right. be a, a packed night here tg great well, job you, man thank you for the lesson as thank well you. and we'll see you tomorrow here on the lombardi line appreciate you go dons go dons defensive <laughs> dons under <laughs> under pepperdine we're coming back with michael's plays next If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. All right, King of Sportsbooks. BetMGM got you hooked up here for the postseason. Ten bucks today, just bet a team. If anybody scores a touchdown, you're going to win 200 paid for and free bets. It's awesome. It's a great deal. Again, also, if you bet through the app or over at BetMGM.com, 
you can earn M-Life rewards that you can redeem at any MGM resort. So that's pretty cool, right? So MGM.com or download the app. It's, it's a new customer offer. And again, 200 bucks if anybody scores a touchdown today on a $10 investment on Moneyline. 1-800-GAMBLER. If you do have an issue, it's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, we got you back. Adam and Femi are on deck here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, as we get into it. Everybody's essentially moved to four, Michael, with Tennessee, uh, Green yeah. Bay, Circus sitting five, mostly everybody else is sitting five and a half. That's where we stand yeah. as far as the numbers. We're here for it. We're here at the Borgata at four, and I think that, you know, the Packer game's at five and a half. Of course, that's coming a little later tonight, so we'll probably see a lot more action on that as it comes in. But it's interesting. You know, there's 80,000 tickets already written for this game, and the game doesn't kick until 4.30 my time. So, you know, 82% is on the is on the Titans, 82% of that money, which I thought it would have moved the number a little sooner. Okay, Michael, let's get to the poll question here. I think it's an interesting one as far as pressure on the quarterbacks. We can go ahead and throw it up. Which quarterback has the most pressure on them this weekend? So if you take a look at, like, Burrow, there's no pressure on Burrow. You know, he's just here for the first time. Tennessee, Tannehill. Let's look at the four we do have. Stafford, Allen, Garoppolo, Rodgers. Most pressure. Your thoughts? Uh, there's no doubt. It's the, 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 there's no one with more pressure on them than Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, as Amal indicated, he's the reason why they can't win. And so everything that happens to the 49ers gets overlooked. Their inability to stop Tennessee on third and long, that was discarded because Jimmy threw two interceptions. And I am not trying to defend Jimmy because Jimmy does some dumb things on the football field and turns the ball over that he shouldn't do especially when he gets into the red zone, which I think Kyle needs to make sure he protects himself down there, like at Tennessee when he threw that pick in the, in the red zone. But I think that this is all on, because if they don't win, it'll be Garoppolo's fault, and the cries for Trey Lance will be screaming loud, and they'll be all over the place. Everybody else is not going to share the blame. I mean, Stafford can play poorly, but it won't be his fault. It'll be because Whitworth wasn't there or because Note Bloom couldn't block anybody or because Haverstein wasn't very good. Aaron's not going to play poorly. It's going to be because their special teams or the defense lets the Packers down. You know, and so Josh Allen has pressure on him to perform, but it, it, he can't always carry the team, right? It's going to be, did the defense stop him? No one, no one has more than Garoppolo because it's squarely on his shoulders. If he doesn't play well, they lose, regardless of what else happens in the game. Okay, that poll question is live at VEASAN Live. We'll have the results tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. Question for you. If Jimmy Garoppolo beats Rodgers today at Lambeau, is he the quarterback oh next my. year for the 49ers? You know, I mean, if they, he takes him to a conference championship game and, and again on the road, whether it's going to be in Los Angeles or in Tampa Bay, I mean, I think that's that that's significant. I don't know how you change that. But what I do know is it ups his value around the league, right? He has will have more value than ever because – Bless excuse you. Me, Bless you. Oh, man, it's cold. I told you it's cold here. Anyway, I think because of that, I think that it'll certainly be a problem. You know, I mean, it'll be a solution where they can get a lot of value for him. Will somebody give up a first-round pick for him? That I don't know. But he'll have value because he's won. And then you've got to ask yourself the question, is Trey Lance a year away from being a year away, or is he just a year away? Can we get my man some Claritin over there? Let's go. Let's get no, it. No, it's it's not allergies. It's cold. I mean, I'm telling you, it's you know, you got to deal with this. I'm this worried is, about you, bro. As, I mean, it's sneezing, January. Gotta, yeah, it's a lot of. It's, it's lot. January here. We're all good. No, it's all good. All right. As long as you don't have to shovel today, right? 
Oh, no, no shovel. No, no, not, not, right. not for me. Let's go ahead and throw up the Lombardi lines. We like to take a look, juxtapose the market to what Michael has as far as his numbers. Let's go ahead and throw them up. We'll start with Cincinnati and Tennessee, of course. As we said, we're sitting four right now with, uh, with Tennessee laying it. Femi got two and a half last week, so that's a tremendous number. We're sitting four. What's your number on Bengals-Titans? I had it at 4.75, which is why I thought it was going to go to four earlier in the week. I thought it would tick to four right away. I think Femi took the right number quickly because I, I, I was surprised it was so low. And like all sharps, Femi is, they went on that number pretty quickly. So I, I really liked it at 4.75. That's why I think that there's value still, there's still value for me in taking Tennessee. I just think over the long, the game as the game goes, and if Tennessee doesn't allow big plays to occur, if they don't blow a coverage, which typically they don't do, if they don't give up the jump ball down the field and if they double chase and make someone else beat them and put the pressure on the offensive line, I think this game sets up really well for Tennessee. I mean, you're not supposed to laugh when he calls you a sharp. You're supposed to nod approvingly and just, yes, of course I'm sharp. Uh, San Francisco Green Bay is a great number at two and a half. San Francisco Green Bay, we're sitting five and a half mostly everywhere. What's the Lombardi line? I had it at 375, and, I, and this is why I think there is certainly a tax built into Aaron Rodgers. Because for all the talk that LaFleur's coach of the year, the, the, the guys behind the book, the Sharps, they know it's Aaron Rodgers. And that you got to pay a price for betting against Aaron Rodgers. And there's a, I think it's a two point tax. I really do. I think it's here, and that's why my number can't get it. Because when you break this game down, as you've been saying all day today, Patrick, the 49ers are probably the better all-around team, right? They're the better all-around team. They're better in the kicking game. But the other team has Aaron Rodgers. That's right. And so, you know, as much as you want to say, hey, you know, take the best team, do you really want to go against Aaron Rodgers? I don't. You know, I really don't. So I think that's you're paying a tax for that. Do I think the number should be round three? I think it is. Okay. But there's, but then you don't get the tax. You're not getting the tax in the game. So, and I think this guy will play really well. He's not going to have any trouble with diagnosing the coverages or understanding what the fronts are. I think they'll have balance in their attack, and I think they'll play from in front, which will put some put some pressure on this 49er offensive line. Which, if you go back and watch it closely, they struggled to protect against the Packers' defensive front. Yeah, outside of Trent Williams, they struggled. Now, it, we'll save your two for tomorrow. So let's do that. Let's save the numbers in the Lombardi lines for tomorrow's games for tomorrow, and let's officially get to it. So 31 years without a playoff win, the Bengals, uh, they beat the Raiders last week. They've never won a playoff game on the road. Is this going to change? Tennessee's lane four and a total of 47 and a half, Michael. What do you got? Well, when I came in today, it was three and a half, so I took it. So that's why it's up on the three and a half on the board. And I like I like the Titans today. I like the Titans all week. And as, as I was breaking the game down every single day, now you know you can go back to where they played last year. One of the wins that that Zach Taylor had is six wins before he had this good year of his coaching career was against the Titans. And we know the Titans oftentimes play to the level of comp. We saw them lose to the Jets. We saw them lose to the Texans. But when they do that, they turn the ball over. I don't think they're going to turn this ball over today. I think. I think they're going to play a clean game, and I think coming off the bye, Vrabel's going to be very good, and I think his defense is going to be able to get after him, and I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on Cincinnati, who I think will turn the ball over. You know, the, for all we talk about, Patrick, the game last week, the Raiders turned the ball over, and it was still a close game. It was really a close game, and they had penalties and a lot of penalties, and it was still a close game, and they had the miracle whistle, and it was still a close game. 
And so for me, I just think that the Tennessee won't stray from who they are, and they'll run the ball against a front that Cincinnati, especially their edges, are so light. I think they'll run the ball. I like the Titans laying the points. Red zone struggles uh, for the Bengals last week and the Raiders. Not that I'm bitter, had the over, whatever. Um, do you feel one way or another about this total, 47 and a half? I'm a little bit like I think it's got to play under. I really do. I think it, you know, it, it it has to, you know, if the one play drives work, it'll go over. But I don't think that's going to be the case. So I like the under. Okay, Michael, let's go tonight. Green Bay. You've heard of it, yeah. Lambo. Uh, San Francisco is catching five and a half. So the Packers laying the five and a half. There, you've got the pack. You know, I go against my. I just can't go against Rodgers. I, I just think, to me, with the week off, they're rested. His toes better. They're getting some players back. Randall Cobb, I think, will make a huge difference, especially against playing against a zone team that's relying on 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 zone. You're going to have to convert a lot of third downs. They're going to try to keep the ball in front of them, and you're going to rely on converting third downs. And I think with Cobb back, that'll help them convert those third downs. So, I'm going to take the two home teams today, the two rested teams today. You know, I think that that certainly plays an advantage, especially after, you know, the other teams have played games. They're wounded. They're not 100% healthy. I don't know how Warner can be 100% after I saw that ankle injury last week. And I think Bosa will be fine, but I think the one that worries me is Warner the most, so I worry about that. I like the Packers today. You planning on wearing earplugs when Big Daddy Vince, your cousin, comes over? The no, I, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it all in. I'm going to take notes so I can report back to you exactly when he starts complaining and when 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 it never ends. And it won't end. It'll, and he he's he's coming over with a defeated attitude that they're going to lose. So that's just he just knows that. <laughs> ray, a ray of sunshine in the middle of January. No, it's just going to be so positive. It'll be so positive. Yeah, it'll be so positive. Final you know. thoughts, Michael, on today. I'm so looking forward to it today, Patrick. I think they've got two great games. I mean, this is the best weekend of NFL football because I think the, the, the final eight are the best eight teams in football. Let's do it again tomorrow, my friend. Yes, sir. Okay. Can't wait, Patrick. Thank M you so much. M. Lombardi NFL. Remember, that poll question's live at Visa Live. It's good to have Femi back, Adam Burke, and Femi next here. The Sharp. Femi the Sharp. Femi the Sharp. Why not? We'll see you tomorrow here on the Lombardi Line. Adam and Femi next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.